Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Joining me for this week's episode is Justin Rizzo. Justin has been a worship leader, songwriter, and recording artist for more than 20 years, including 15 years um, on staff as a worship leader at the International House of Prayer, also known as IHOP in Kansas City. Justin has released multiple worship albums and been featured on multiple compilation projects. Um, He travels extensively to lead worship and speak at events around the world. He's also founded Firelight Creative, through which he has written and produced full-length musicals and stage films. Really, really awesome stuff going on there. An awesome, just an awesome vision for the future and some really great stuff in the works as far as uh, producing full-length films, musicals, um, faith-based content that is just phenomenal. Uh, And uh, Justin has recently released a worship album but it's a live worship album a live recording that's a true live recording um you know a lot of times with live recordings it's recorded live but then the vocals and the instruments are later redone and 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 everything uh, done post production but that's not the case this is a true live recording of a worship album uh, it's almost almost just under an hour long and uh, it's really great it's called matchless it's available on youtube you can get it on the streaming platforms i really encourage you guys to check it out because i really believe that it will bless you. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And so anyway, please join me in welcoming Justin Rizzo uh, to the podcast for the first, but hopefully not the last time. Hope you enjoy it. All right. Justin Rizzo, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Justin, appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much for being here, for joining me. Thank you for your time. What would a Monday morning be without some technical difficulties, right? So we're getting started a little bit later than, uh, than we planned on, but uh, I do really appreciate you for being here. So thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, man. Great to be here. You've had a lot uh, going on. Seems like you've seems like you've probably been very very busy. Congrats on Matchless on your your new worship album. I'm a big fan, so I've listened to it all the way through a couple of times. And man, I just I just think it's awesome. So it's a it's a legit live recording, right? Yeah, yeah. In other words, like you recorded it live and really kept the live atmosphere did you guys do much re-recording after the fact or is it like really it seems to me like it's a very you know true truly live um, album that you put together there yeah yeah i mean if you're not aware out there uh most live albums quote unquote that you hear are um so they go into the studio we record all the vocals most of the instrumentation and then they release it as a live record that's just kind of the way the system works for the most part not every time and so in our pre-production of this record i really told the team like hey i don't want to do any overdubs i just want to go out there hit record what we capture is what we capture and we're going to release it just as a as a night of worship and um and that's what we did outside of uh for complete honesty there was one really really gentle section when i was singing the verse of a song and it was a screaming baby i uh, love love children love babies i have my own children but we had to overdub like a 20 second verse that I sang, but outside of that, it's everything is literally what they play, what we sang is literally what is on the record. That's so funny, man. That's, a, that's an ongoing thing in my house. Cause I do a lot of recording for the podcast and then we do some um, live stream type stuff for, for our church and some different things. And like, so often you're just hearing this like kind of distant baby wailing in the background. We have a one and a half, well, almost one and a half year old daughter. Yeah. And so it's uh yeah, it, that's, that's an ongoing thing. So that's super cool, man. Because I I love the um, I love the feel of the album. I love that it's obviously well that it's live and that you guys really kind of pressed in to some really really cool and powerful spontaneous moments there. That open door 
section is just like it's it's so cool man it's 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 really awesome i just want to encourage um people to check out check out the album it's available it is available on youtube um is it also available like on spotify and other streaming platforms or, or where, where what's the best way for people to find it yeah they can go to my website my instagram and uh yeah it's out there everywhere they stream on youtube all the places and and i was also i was really pumped that you that you put in uh that song found faithful i remember that song we were just i was just sharing a little bit about some of my background with you before we started recording about you know being uh in a house of prayer in mexico that was you know loosely connected with you guys and where from a distance i had you know been able to just be kind of a, a a part of a lot of your prayer room sessions and and things like that and that was a song that i remember from back then had you ever recorded that song before in an official way like in one of your albums or was this the the first time you'd recorded that song yeah we have a couple other recordings of it but we never did a live recording of it and as i was kind oh, of cool. you know praying through the songs and figuring out the set list for this night that one just kind of like kept kind of kept coming back to me it's a really it's a really personal song to me um mm -hmm. and it's really remained kind of an anchor song of my life personally you know regardless of records and what I, anyone else thinks about it and so i was just like you know what i really feel like i want to do an updated version of this and a live version of it um so i was i was super happy we were able to sneak that one in at the end of the night yeah man it was really cool i, I felt like it was a really nice way to round out the worship set and to kind of end on that no even after like right before you go into that song you had like just come out of one of those spontaneous you know singing moments yeah. and it was just like i thought it was a very cool you know just kind of tr um, transition and progression to kind of round it out with that song because even the kind of the the theology of the song or the or the the heart the position of the song like i want to be found faithful i want to be found steady it seemed to really kind of end up in a nice conclusion from what a lot of your focus in that worship set, you know, going through it was. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. So when I, when we were in the house of prayer, so obviously we were, we were in Mexico, my wife and I, and, and we would be like leading these worship sets at like six o'clock in the morning. And uh, so we would have to do a lot of it in, in well, it was in Spanish, right? Cause we were in, in Mexico, but I, but we would find ourselves because there were moments like early in the morning like that where it was just us and you know maybe a couple people from like the you know somebody running sound handful of musicians but like my wife and i we would kind of cheat a little bit and if there wasn't anybody in the room like if there was a few moments where there was nobody in the room a lot of times we would just kind of give each other a look and we would switch to like singing in english because we were and so like we would pull in a lot of the songs that we were learning from you guys from from you know watching on the live stream and being able to kind of view the the kansas city house of prayer from the prayer room and what we were doing was we were actually we started translating some of the songs that you guys were doing and stuff like that and trying to like incorporate a lot of that stuff into our uh culture there but i but it was just funny like we because we would find ourselves like singing in english and stuff like that which of which for me was was a lot easier because i would kind of struggle with some of the you know just like finding language sometimes in spanish because my spanish especially back then was not definitely not fantastic it was uh yeah. it was it was okay uh but anyway i just i just wanted to <laughs> to share that with you that we were kind of like uh gleaning from a lot of that stuff that you guys were doing in the house of prayer and in some ways you know not not doing everything 
by the book, so to speak, in terms of what you all were doing up there, but trying to incorporate a lot of that kind of worship with the word culture um, into our worship sets and raising up intercessors and that sort of thing. And that was something that I found really, really just fun with some of like your spot, the spontaneous stuff that came out in this uh, live worship album that you, that you just released in those spontaneous moments, it felt very like house of prayer esque in the way that you guys were kind of singing back and forth and building off of each other. And, uh, and I think I mentioned particularly in that part, you know, open door, whereas like that concept, right. Starts to develop of, of I'm running through that open door. And then you were like right there, like right behind, uh, who is it? Was it Matt that started yeah, singing? That? Him, yeah. Yeah. And then like, you're right behind it with, you know, the echo. And then it just like built into this really powerful, spontaneous moment. And so I just want to say, man, like I thought that it was awesome the way that you put that together and just like something that I got out of it. This is the first time you and I have have met and had a conversation. But from a distance, I just want to say I was I don't know if I want to use the word uh, impressed. That might not be the right word, but but something that I found really cool just from watching watching you and your leadership of that was your overall sensitivity to what the Holy Spirit was doing and also the sensitivity to flow together with uh, particularly with Matt Gilman and with Jay Thomas, who are like yeah. these awesome, like powerhouse singers, right? That you brought yeah. in, that yeah. you guys really flowed together as a team. And it never seemed to me, and maybe I'm a little bit more analytical than the average, you know, listener of, of somebody just, you know, listening to it for like to, to use as a tool to help them worship. But that it never seemed like you were, you know, like trying to grab the reins and take control and, and that sort of thing. But there was just like this really just awesome sensitivity. You know, I really felt like you did a fantastic job of like pulling a, a team together and flowing together and really helping them, you know, stand out as well and mm -hmm. recognizing like when when the Lord is speaking through them, like I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let this thing go. First of all, I just wanted to say and I might have a follow up question here, but first of all, I just wanted to say that I thought that was just like a really awesome thing that that really came together on this album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So on that, I mean, obviously, uh, well, are you still connected with the House of Prayer? Do you still lead sets in 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 Kansas City or? Yeah, I still sub um, here and there when I'm when I can, but um, we haven't been officially on staff for about three and a half, four years now. Okay, okay. Um, are you still? Do you still live in that area? I yeah, guess you were, yeah, right? Yeah. Still basher, yeah, yeah. Okay, how many how many years were you um, on staff there at the House of Prayer? Yeah, I was on staff for fifteen years. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. So in that process, I guess like you had a a whole bunch of experience, right? Leading teams. Was that something? I'm just curious because over the years, of course, of course, you grow in your creativity of course you grow in your ability to be sensitive to the holy spirit and all of that would you say like is that something that always i don't know like that came easy to you or is that something that you kind of had to become uh more intentional about as far as like learning how to how to grow in that and just being sensitive and allowing the lord to really because i'll be honest with you there were, there were times listening to that worship set where it really just felt like the worship team is just here and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead this session. And we're really just facilitating an encounter with the Lord. Yeah. And so that's 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 a shift that I think I would imagine would take some time to kind of 
you know, learn how to do that. But I'm just curious about like what that process kind of looked like for you. Is that something that you really had to grow into that you were intentional about that just happened? What would you say about that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a, um, you know, practice isn't the word necessarily you want to use, but um, the more you, you know, lead worship with the goal of not just doing the CCLI top 100, but actually mm. wanting to, um, again, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like, that's great. And that serves a purpose. But if you want to, you know, connect on a, a different or a deeper level, however you want to say it, you know, just like reps in the gym, just continuing to do mm. that. Because then it's also, it's not just you connecting, then you throw, you know, three, four, five other worship leaders on that platform and you're all trying to do it together. Like, you know, I think one of the greatest things that, that I loved about my time with the International House of Prayer was, was co-leading not in the sense of like, I'm going to do my CCLI song and then you'll do your CCLI song and then we'll both sing a chorus and this CCLI song and then we'll be done. But actually like, hey, in the heat of the moment, we don't know what's happening. We're going to serve one another um, and find out what bubbles to the surface. And if that's something mm -hmm. that is in your um, heart and your chorus and your melody or whatever, like I'm here for that. I'm here to serve that. This isn't like, yeah. you know, for me to get my time and like even like this live record, you know, I, I didn't go into it being like, okay, this is going to be the Justin Rizzo show with a couple of buddies. I, I was like, for these spontaneous moments, like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And yeah. what happened, happened. And, and so, yes, absolutely. Like, there, it, takes, it takes time to, to develop that. Everyone hears the Holy Spirit differently. Some people see, some people sense, some people, you know, whatever. It's all these different things. So there's not, like, one formula. But no matter what it is, um, I think just getting those reps in the gym is, is the way to, you know, to grow in that. Yeah, it's really cool. So like, what, what would you say is even just to kind of like pull this back to a, to a more basic level, why do you think it's important for, you know, worship leaders, worship teams, or just for people like worshiping God, even on their own? Why do you think that that spontaneous sort of singing which is obviously something that is so much a part of the culture of worship at, at IHOP. But like, why, why do you think that, that what is it about spontaneous songs coming out and, and allowing room for that sort of in the moment creativity and partnership with the Holy Spirit? Like where, yeah. you know, we're singing a really beautiful song that's been created by, by somebody, whether it's by, by you, you know, singing your own song or, or someone else's song that you're borrowing for the moment or whatever. But what is it about that spontaneous singing that you think is is maybe important, if not essential, um, when it comes yeah. to, you know, times of worship with the Lord? Yeah. And before I answer, I'll just say, like, you know, context is everything. Context is everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, you know what I do, like I coach worship leaders and and one of the things we talk about, you know, if they're leading at a mega church, you know, multi-site campus, Sunday morning, they have 17 and a half minutes for worship. Yeah. Then, you know, it's a slightly different conversation. But even in that, like I have a whole session I do in my worship leader academy about this of how do you incorporate spontaneous, even in the midst of that 17 and a half minute set. That won't wow. freak your pastor or your congregation out. Um, you don't have to go off like, you know, spontaneous doesn't have to be like 10 minutes or or more. Like, you know, there's no like formula for what it has to be so there, there are ways even within the 17 and a half minute set to be spontaneous and so um i don't think it's like better or worse than playing the ccli top 100 but here's here's what i say and i say it all the time to pastors to worship leaders i'm working with that i meet is i don't think 
that God calls you to be a perpetual cover band um, mm. as a worship leader. I think there are songs inside of you. Many songs come forth through moments as you're asking the Holy Spirit for them. But then at the foundation of all of that really is, is singing the Bible. And so even more than spontaneity, mm. I love to say, hey, have moments in your set where you lean into a book that every single word was breathed by God. You're going to get immediate agreement. No one can disagree with it because it's the word of God. It's not your dream. It's not some prophetic word you're singing. That's kind of like weird. Like, wait, what are you talking about? Like it's, it's the Bible. And so I think when you sing the Bible, you're connecting more to the Lord, to the Holy spirit and, and just stuff begins to happen. Now on the other side of things, and I, I preach this as well, like Matt Redmond, Chris Tomlin, whoever it is, Elevation, who wrote this song, you know, that's also beautiful too, because they crafted that song, um, you know, not all, not all the time, but sometimes from the word of God. And, um, you know, that's like, that's foundational and the Lord can move through that just as much. So it's not like you have to have spontaneous, but I think that, that you're not doing um, as much as you could do. Uh, or not walking in as much as you could walk in if you don't have that spontaneous, you know, part of your your set. And again, I understand churches or every church is different. So you got to, you know, flow, go with the flow of what your pastor wants and what the vision is. But yeah, there's there's so much that can come from spontaneous. It'll never come from you know, doing the CCLI top 10. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good. And, and so what about like incorporating that, like what you just said about, you know, singing the word? like into your personal you know devotional time or prayer time or whatever you know whatever the individual person calls it but your personal time alone with the lord because so you know obviously prayer has been a big part of your life you spend a whole bunch of time many many, many hours probably thousands of hours in the prayer room over over 15 year period right uh, both, you know, leading sessions and I'm sure just being in the room as well, just, you know, participating. Um, I, I, I think that prayer is one of the things that God's people struggle with the most is like consistent prayer, you know, lifestyle of prayer, time with the Lord, just time alone with God, whether it's because, you know, it's a, like the time factor or they get bored or they fall asleep or they run out of words to say, or, you know, whatever it is, but it's something that I think, you know, a lot of God's people struggle with is just that consistency in that time with the Lord. Um, what's something for you, like, that's just been helpful for you and just, you know, maintaining a, a lifestyle of, of prayer and just individual personal, you know, worship, um, in time alone with God, just not just for you on a personal level. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's two realities that the Bible talks about and gives us. And the house of prayer reality is more of a Joel 2 reality uh, or tabernacle mm. of David reality where we're all like coming together, you know, call a sacred assembly, gather the people together, let's fast, let's pray for X, Y, Z to happen, right? And that's, that's beautiful. Um, but if you only have that, then you're quite lopsided because the Bible talks about in Matthew chapter 6, Actually, when you pray, don't go to a house of prayer and cry out with all of your friends. Go into your room and shut the door where your father's waiting to meet with you in secret. And, and if you don't have both of those, things are going to get wonky. Um, you know, I find if you just have just the intimate time with the Lord and you never gather with other believers, you're, you're missing out on something. And the same thing, if you're just gathering with other believers, you're definitely missing out on something in, in the secret place with the Lord. 
And so I think you have to have both of those in your, your spiritual diet. And so for me, it's, it's the contrast. So when I'm with other people praying, typically it's surrounding a, a worship and prayer meeting. So we have like music going, we're singing spontaneous choruses, choruses are no, like probably the number one way to get a room engaged in prayer. The mind is like, we wander so easily. Someone sure. can be praying and the mic screaming their, their, their lungs out for 10 minutes of a prayer. And as much as I love the person, as much as I love prayer, I can only engage so much with that because they're talking a mile a minute. There's all kinds of things happening. My mind's going here and there, whatever. But if they pray for like two, three minutes and then some singer, some worship leader establishes a chorus that we can, it's melodic, there's flow to it. We can all sing it together, you know, eight to 10 times. It's a lot more enjoyable, you know, to do that together. So then to contrast that when I'm in my secret place time, for me, you know, everyone's different, but for me, it's it's silence. I don't have my mm. favorite YouTube worship playlist on. I don't have no music on because I get music all the time in these corporate prayer meetings. Wow. So I want the silence. I want to be able to just hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I'm really big into like whispering my prayers. I don't even speak out loud, loudly at all. I just whisper things to the Lord. Um, you know, try and give space for him to respond and not just be like a, a talking, you know, wish list or whatever, but actually yeah. engage and dialogue with him about things. Um, you know, but there's many ways, you know, to to connect with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said that too. I, lo I love that you said that it's uh, an individual thing and it doesn't have to, you know, it's not going to look the same way for everybody. Um, I, I do, I do think that there's, like the enemy wages like such an assault, I think, on believers when it comes to to prayer in terms of like making them feel condemned because they're not doing it right. Or again, because like they fell asleep or because of like <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, have, have I don't know. I'm just curious, like, have you personally like ever, you know, dealt with any of that kind of stuff? And and if you did, like, what was something that helped you to to kind of learn to maybe develop a different perspective on this so that prayer can uh become you know you use the word enjoyable you know like there's there's enjoyable aspects of prayer you know talking about you know singing a chorus that we can all kind of join in and sing together there's there's an enjoyment there there's something i think that comes alive in us of course when we connect with god we receive revelation of who god is like there's something on the inside of us that comes alive and it's what we're made for right it's yeah. like to commune and to fellowship with god and so, of course, like the enemy is going to try and attack that and pervert that and distort that and make God's people feel bad because they're not doing it right. And all this yeah. kind of stuff to try to get us focused on something different yeah. so that we're not you know, experiencing that life giving thing that happens when we commune with God. So I'm just curious for you, like what's been has there been, you know, any kind of like a mindset shift, perspective shift or maybe anything that's you know, helped you through the years to, uh, you know, maybe deal with any of that kind of stuff, any kind of condemnation type stuff. Yeah, it, absolutely. Like, I think anyone who who says they don't deal with that, um, perhaps they're not telling the truth, because I think that's just yeah. such a common thing in us as humans that, you know, we want to, to be a certain way. We want to, like, attain a certain thing. We want to have, like, you know, focus, for example. We want, like, Jesus, I want to give you my focus. I don't want to be, like, you know, distracted like you know every other second here and so it's very very easy for shame and condemnation to set in i think that um you know growing in spiritual maturity has been huge in that um mm. and so i think but we just say how how have you grown in spiritual maturity um i think you just you, you just don't stop 
you just don't stop and it just it just happens you know it, i think it's the reason why couples who've been married for you know 50 60 years say they love their spouse now more than they did you know day one of their marriage and there's there's a variety of reasons for that but probably the main reason is that they have gone through hell and high water um internally with their relationship you know family yeah. external yeah. things they've gone yeah. through loss they've gone through heartache they've gone through joy they've gone through success and they're still choosing to love they just didn't quit and i think mm. the enemy you're right is out to get believers just to quit hey just, man just just be quiet like you don't need to pray you don't need to do nothing you know um you're just a a, a horrible person you know this person over there they're clearly deep with the lord they're clear you know and all these things that start to go but you just don't quit you press through um you know I, i'm really big on praying positive prayers and not giving the the devil you know stage time but there are times hmm. where you need to just command that spirit of uh condemnation or shame or fear or whatever it is say hey get out of my house get out of my mind mm -hmm. get out of my family get out of my prayer time like you are not welcome here and and yeah. i've gone seasons like where i didn't even realize it but for so long i was entertaining these negative thoughts um just thinking yeah that's that's really true i am just a failure i am just a whatever and here's the proof you know whatever in my um and you just have to command that to just shut its mouth and you know you're going to live seated with christ in heavenly places you know where ephesians 2 tells us that we are right now mm, that's so good yeah, and I wonder, you know, I think about this a lot, and you use the kind of the example of of a marriage, of a husband and wife, you know, being together for for years, and and I think that one of the things that happens is, you know, a husband or a wife will say, "Well, I, you know, I fell out of love," or you know, "I'm no longer, I'm no longer in love. I no longer feel the same way." And you know, my argument in speaking with people, you know, if like somebody says something like. Well, um, you know, I don't say those things anymore. You know, I don't write those letters anymore like I used to. And I don't, you know, I don't build up my spouse the way that I used to because I don't feel that anymore. And and so if I hear something like that, my I, I would always kind of argue the opposite. I would say, no, I think the problem is you actually don't feel that anymore because you stopped saying those things, because mm -hmm. you stopped pouring into it, you know, because you stopped building that person up. And, yeah. and, and I think that, you know, what you just said there about, like, keep going and don't quit. And, and I just think, like, when it comes to having that hunger for God, you know, we can easily say, well, I'm not spending time with God because I, I don't feel the hunger for it right now or because I'm feeling, you know, dry or whatever. And, and I think what you said there is just like very it's, it's very, very simple, but very profound. And often I think we overlook like the simplistic you know, details of our walk with the Lord. It's, and, and, it, and, and I think just so often it's like, well, well, Hey, if you, if you come to the Lord in sincerity of heart and maybe you're not like a hundred percent feeling it right now, but like just begin to, to speak or just begin to spend time with him. Or as you said, even sitting in silence or whatever it might look like. Um, what would you say just uh, maybe for you from a personal standpoint is something, you know, if you ever do feel like that, if you ever feel like you're not, maybe connecting with God or you're not feeling like super motivated to, you know, pull, pick up your Bible or to pray, to worship, whatever. What's something that is just like maybe been helpful to you to just come back to that, that secret place anyway, and maybe rekindle that spark or rekindle that passion. Yeah. I think just praying exactly 
what you're feeling and where you're at that day. And so, you know, many times mm -hmm. if, if the Bible feels dry to me, I don't want to do it. You know, my first prayer is Lord, help me love your word hmm. and just being really, really practical, yeah. you know, like yeah. Lord, help me to, um, love my quiet time. Help me to want to go to my writing room and be with you. Um, cause I don't want to right now and just be really, really honest and really, really yeah. raw. Like, I think one of the worst things we can do and one of the worst things that much of the church has given to young people um, is just plastic Christianity where mm -hmm. you're not real, you're not shooting people straight, you're just kind of being fake. And I think the last thing that, that young people need today is uh, plastic Christians who, um, you know, so many times are just not real, you know, so just just be real with the Lord, you know. Yeah, it's so true. That's <laughs> so true. This uh the like the Gen Z and and even the the younger generation it's like they it's like no longer have that 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 the I don't know it's like they they don't have time for the the you know the the BS of whatever like we you know if we're trying to spoon feed them something it's like they do they do want something real. Like we could easily say, well, like this younger generation doesn't want anything to do with God. And it's like, no, no, no. It's not that they don't want anything to do with God. It's that like for years, so, so, so much of our, you know, Christian bubble or whatever, like, I feel like we've presented them something that's not real. Like we've presented them something that's not, you know, tangible. It's just something that's like maybe cookie cutter or whatever, but it's not something that they can actually like sink their teeth into and live from. And, and that's, I, I just think that authenticity, you know, if, if we're presenting that to people and that's why, you know, we look at David and we see like the rawness of a lot of his prayer and a lot of his worship and, and some of those, you know, Psalms that were sung, we look at these, it's like, well, how did people sing this stuff? <laughs> Cause it's not, it's not typical for what we would put into a song today. But that's why, you know, and whether it's just singing or talking or, again, even being silent or just contemplating the Lord or whatever, I do love what you said there about, you know, coming to God with that, that, that realness, with that, you know, authenticity of where you, where you are, you know, in the moment. I, I, remember, I remember one day, this is like a few years ago, I, I remember one day, like, I, I, I went to go and sit down on, on my couch and I was in this room by myself and I was going to spend some time with God. And I started like saying something out of my mouth that was like something that I had just gotten accustomed to saying, like when I would sit down to be with God, nothing wrong. I don't think with having a routine and like nothing wrong with any of that. But for me that day, it was religious. <laughs> like for me that day, it was just kind of like going with the flow of the routine. And I started saying something to the Lord and, and, and legitimately, like I heard God interrupt me and he just asked me a question. He said, what are you doing? Yeah. And he asked me the question in such a way that like, you know, sometimes God will speak to me like this. He'll ask me a question, but at the same time, it's like, I get it. Like he already, he kind of like, it's almost yeah. like a download or whatever you want to call it. But it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying, God. Like I'm literally sitting here in this kind of awkward moment with you where I'm, I should be focused on you where it's just me and you and, and cultivating this love relationship. But I feel like I have to say these things. I feel like I've got to do these certain things. And again, yeah. however anybody connects with God, I don't have any you know, problem with that. But again, just for me on that day, it was something like the Lord was highlighting something in me to say, um, hey, like 
you know, you're giving me something that's that's not really you. Like, what what how do you what's on your heart? What do you you know want to talk about? And so uh, anyway, I, I thought that uh, yeah, that was that was a really good point. Um, but before before we completely run out of time, I also want to highlight because so you um, you you have another aspect of something that you do. That's why I said at the beginning here, it seems like you've been. I'm sure you're, you're, you know, you, you stay pretty busy. So you have firelight creative, um, which is, um, you, you've been making films and, and, and musicals, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I'm, I'm very familiar with from Patmos. Um, but, uh, I didn't realize that, um, you've got a couple, well, one, one other that's already out. Right. And then another one that's, that's currently in the works. Um, between two worlds you did as a sort of a futuristic right depiction of daniel yeah. um as uh, the life of ba really based on the life of daniel but in this very like futuristic setting it looks awesome man i haven't uh i haven't been able to check it out uh yet but uh it it looks fantastic i, I was able to listen to some of the songs and and things like that and kind of see what's going on there but um What's the what's the current one that you're working on, and do you have an idea of the release date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, a bit of the backstory of that, you know, I was very very content being a worship leader, and uh, was kind of asked by the Lord way back in 2009. Um, I felt this whisper in my heart to um, to do films and musicals, to which I said absolutely not. And then it came again, mm -hmm. it said, you know, musicals, films, arts, entertainment. And I said, absolutely not. I do biblical things. That's, that's where I was at. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, um, so I just kind of ignored it for like about six months. And I was called out by someone in a public meeting, kind of prophetically. They began to say all these different things. I was feeling six months earlier. And so the Lord's kind of like just kind of pivoted my wife and I into this, you know, production company and so we started firelight creative and we've written and produced a bunch of live musicals you know in person here in kansas city and then yeah we're about to finish up a a uh, invitation from the lord of three films in three years and so from patmos was the first one between two worlds was the second one and we're currently in um production right now on our third one which is called eden's twilight uh, which is based on the moments following Adam and Eve's exile from the Garden of Eden. So our show literally wow. opens up. They're stumbling out from the gate, slamming behind them. And uh, it's really a story oh, that deals awesome. with trauma. Because, um, you know, I, and I've thought about this. I've, I've concepted this idea for, for over 10 years of what did Adam and Eve feel in that moment following their exile from the Garden of Eden? Yeah, man. You know, where in the world do they go? What in the world do they do? Who, who do they trust mm. and having full presence of God to suddenly having no presence of God. Um, how, how did that mm. feel to the human heart, to the soul? And so basically we, we process wow. that and um, it's about an hour and 45 minute film. It's a musical film. Um, I just posted a couple of well, one little clip on my Instagram um, because we are, we are currently, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges of doing these films has been funding. Um, you know, it hasn't even been like the, the story or, or the acting or any of that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's been one of the biggest faith journeys. The Lord's had me on these last two and a half years, these first two films and by his grace, um, we've, we, we've paid for the first two films and, um, we're about $90,000 away right now from funding this third film. We have about 165 
thousand raised right now. Um, just need about another 90 to make this one happen. Um, you know, in the next like three weeks. So the Lord's got us. He's, he's going to make that happen. I have no doubt. Um, and so just, I don't know, to, to comment to people out there, like if the Lord's called you to something and it seems like an insurpassable mountain, like how am I going to do this Lord? Like when he, when he called me to do these films, I said yes because I was like, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I could write a, a musical and produce a film, sure." Yeah. But I didn't quite think through. Oh, you need like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that well, you know. And so that seemed like an insurmountable, you know, what? Like, how am I going to get a quarter of a million dollars for Eden's Twilight? How is that going to happen? But the Lord has just um, made a way as I've been faithful to knock on doors and to to share the vision of what the Lord's given us that. You know, kids between the ages of eight to 18 spend an average of eight hours a day in front of a screen for entertainment. And then from 18 years old to 22, over 66% of young people are leaving the church. It's like our mission, the new frontier of missions, I believe, is is screens. Getting truth-centered content in front of these kids' eyeballs between the ages of eight to 18 to lead wow. them to truth, to lead, lead them to something greater than themselves. So you you share the mission, you share the vision, and the Lord is the one who provides. And so, so it's been a journey and a half for sure. Um, but you know the Lord is the Lord is in it, and um, we're super excited about it. And then also we have our legacy conference, creative legacy conference coming up in January. Um, the marketing for that is about to roll out today. Uh, tickets go on oh, sale for the first time for that. So very excited about that as well. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Yeah, it's this this uh, this kind of new era, I think, that we're in of quality um, content that's being produced that's either, you know, biblical or, or Christian. I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you're looking at like the, you know, the Chosen series and like some yeah. of the, some of the more recent uh, films that have come out, like thought like the Jesus Revolution movie was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the production quality, the story, the humor, just like all of it coming together. And, and it's just like kind of a, a really like new wave of, of Christian content producers. But like, so kind of contrasting these two worlds that you're still very much involved in of, you know, create, creating music and then creating films, uh, you know, obviously cre- creating films, it involves a whole lot more people, involves a whole lot more, you know, money that's needed and all of that. And so it's almost like the barrier to entry is, is quite a bit you know higher right like when it comes to so in other words the amount of content that's actually being produced in the the realm of like like christian and these you know positive faith-based movies and films and musicals and and things of of that nature like we need more of it is what i'm trying to say and so the fact that you're like kind of taking on this mantle and stepping out in obedience of something that god spoke to you that didn't feel like it was necessarily like the thing that you were the most comfortable with but at the same time like responding to that to that call and to you know be standing here carrying this vision that you're carrying um because of even you know some of those figures that you just mentioned of the younger generations and all of that i i just uh i really commend you for doing that and i would just um, encourage anybody listening to this to 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 check this stuff out and to see um if the lord would lead you to you know, to, to make a donation to, to this that's going on. Um, and, uh, so Justin, before we run out of time, like where can people kind of find this stuff? Like what's the best place for people to go 
to find out more uh, either from you, your content, your music, yeah. the Firelight Creative stuff, and then also maybe how they can get get a part and be a part of what you're doing here. Yeah, I mean, Instagram is a great place. That's where I, I you know, kind of bring all my worlds together on nearly a daily basis. But uh, my website, justrizzo.com, and then our production company, it's a nonprofit production company, is Firelight. It's one word, firelightcp.com. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I, I, I wish we had more time, but uh, again, the technical difficulties got us at the beginning. Yeah. But I do appreciate you, man, very much. It's a real, just an honor to meet you. And I, I thank you for just sharing with with me and with the, the audience today. It's uh, really just, uh, just a blessing and all that you're doing. Appreciate it, man. So keep up the good work. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope we could do it again. And everybody, thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate you for checking out this episode. Pray that the content blessed you, uh, challenged you, made you think, or something like that. If it did, uh, please consider subscribing or leaving a comment or review on one of the podcast platforms. And please don't forget to check out uh, justinrizzo.com and uh, some of those other places that Justin mentioned to find out more. And please, if you haven't already done so, go to YouTube, go to Spotify, go to one of the streaming platforms, go somewhere and check out Matchless the uh, one hour live worship album that Justin recently released. It will bless you. So thanks again, everybody.